Netflix just dropped a four-part series by the name of When They See Us. And the story that the four-part series is about is rooted from the recent event in history, uh, approximately 30 years ago, of the Central Park Five rape. Five young boys by the names of Corey Wise, Raymond Santana, Kevin Richardson, Antron McRae, and Yusuf Salam were all falsely accused by, I think, the NYPD uh, for committing a rape that they did not commit in Central Park. Netflix special just shows like how corrupt some police departments could be within the world and these young men face jail time for like 10 years each but since Corey Wise was the only one that was 16 out of the, uh, out of the group he was sent to Rikers Island with the adults and faced I think up to 14 years in prison. The movie starts out with a huge group of boys coming in a group you know walking into central park some people were doing things that they weren't supposed to while others were just in the area and the five guys that were mentioned before were actually not doing anything like some people were harassing some bike riders some people were even like beating up people in parts of the park the police were then called and they like disrupted and stopped all the commotion that was going on in the park and while the five boys were innocent and weren't doing anything they were all targeted by the police the next day. Like there was a list of boys after they all were taken into the police station and all of them were on the list besides Corey Wise. Corey went to the police station because he was walking home with Yusuf and he was just like, he just went there to help his friend, like to support him and just not leave him alone. And that decision was probably one of the worst decisions in his life because after that moment, he was affiliated with all the, the mess. Like, even though he wasn't on the list, even though he wasn't a suspect of anything, he was the one who faced the most jail time because of his age, regardless of not being involved at all. As the story progresses, shows that the police began interrogating the boys for, I believe, 42 hours straight with no bathroom breaks, no food breaks, no, no breaks in general. And it was just like systematic pressure on them. And eventually they just broke and they fabricated stories that wasn't even true. And the police even coerced the boys into what they should say. It showed a scene of Corey Wise getting beat up by one of the cops uh, to create a story and telling them that you were there and stuff like that. Uh, Raymond Santana, uh, he was pressured into creating a story and started lying on Kevin and Antron and eventually Antron's dad also when it came to his part his dad even insisted like tell the police what they want to hear tell them give them a story and that ultimately just was the downfall for him the police officer started making tapes and you can find these tapes online actually I actually watched the one with Corey Wise and I believe it's like close to 30 minutes long and it's really heart-wrenching stuff like just watching that and knowing that they were co coerced into making these these false statements on themselves and other people and those tapes were the leading parts of evidence in their trial that locked them up they even they had dna samples of semen in in a sock that matched none of the boys and 
they had i think hair samples and blood samples and stuff like that and none of it matched any of the boys they had no distinct evidence whatsoever but they made those tapes and that's what got those 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 young men locked up 30 years ago and i got so into the story like whenever something went their way i was like i was like beating my dad's cheering when something didn't go their way i was like actually like distraught in a sense you know and like thinking about like just think about the multiple cases that haven't been discovered that uh falsely accused people of a crime that they didn't commit and how that they're spending jail time for someone else's doings right now but unfortunately they all lost their trials um the four the four younger uh young men Yusuf Salam, Kevin Richardson, Raymond Santana, and Antron McCray, they had their trials together because they were under the age of 16. But Corey Wise, since he was 16 years old, he had his trial by himself. And that that was probably the saddest scene ever. Like one of the attorneys for the opposing side, she was just pressing into him, like, did you sign this? Did you sign this? Did you do this? Did you do this? But he was showing clear emotions of how he didn't even understand the situation how he was just going along with it so he could like he said go home like he stated that multiple times that like he just wanted to go home and there was at a point where she was like did you sign this document but he couldn't even read so he was just signing stuff that he couldn't even read that the police were writing down and she used that as evidence in the trial against him and inevitably he was found innocent only on two accounts i think it was on first degree rape and also, uh, first degree attempt at murder not first just attempt at murder and after that he was charged with assault and um like a plus of other things which landed him 14 years in uh uh rikers island initially but then he constantly kept asking for transfers but the other guys they initially started out in juvenile detention because they were all 15 so they only spent 10 years within jail and they all got out and attempted to straighten up their lives but the only one who was struggling with that was Raymond Santana like they all couldn't get high-end jobs because of their uh statics of a, of a prior convict but Raymond went into the life of selling drugs and he was actually uh, incarcerated again all the the younger four boys had the rough times i think that Corey wise's story was the most compelling and the hardest out of them all like right off the bat in rikers island he was beaten up by two grown men and it shows like the corruption within the system of 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 a prison that he had to buy uh, a warden like food in order uh, for his protection like he wasn't even attempting to help him the entire time until he gave him something and he found out that he can uh write down like request a transfer and he would constantly like at every prison he went to he would request a transfer and he got transferred he would go he would be placed further and further and further away from uh, harlem which where his mother lived so that was a battle in itself for him like he would often have hallucinations about well in the story about his mom and then he would whenever he saw her he would beg her to come see him more but it was often hard for her because she didn't have the money and 
he went from seven uh, seven miles from Harlem to 326 miles away from Harlem. So that was a hard trip for his mom to make. And this dude was actually going crazy in jail. Like you had people who was targeting him because of his case and how famous it was. Um, you initially had like uh, a group of white guys who beat him up because they were led to believe that he raped a white woman. And he stood in solitary confinement for weeks in order to protect himself. And he formed a relationship with one of the guards actually because of the aspect of he was a good person. He wanted to treat everyone like a human. So he was just there for Corey in a sense. And he offered Corey a job and he was a janitor at the top um, after after uh, everybody like ate in the mess hall and stuff. But one part of the story that was absolutely insane was Corey was mopping the floor in the kitchen, I believe. And the TV was blasting music and he was listening to it. But then it turned off. He went to go check on it, like turn it back on. And there was a person who obviously turned it off. And it was another inmate. And they got in a fight over the TV. And the person he was fighting was the person who actually committed the crime of the Central Park rape in 1989 unbeknownst to Corey nor the 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 viewers of the the story and that's just like it's crazy his name is Mateus Reyes and he would later come out that's why he was in jail because he came out for his crime and that was being processed outside of jail like with I guess people who who, who handle that I don't, I don't know what, what to call him but he would later like come and apologize for Corey for the fight. But before all that, Corey was transferred to another prison uh, even further away from home in which he was brutally beaten and stabbed and, and close to death. Like he wasn't supposed to be walking or eating without pain, uh, according to one of the doctors, in a month. And it just... There was more corruption in that prison. He was being harassed by one of the guards. Um, and he was just allowing the inmates to have their way with Corey at times. And he's he was always, like, given opportunities to also, like, plead, not plead his case, but, you know, get out on parole. But that required him to confess or, you know, conform to his alleged crime and Corey would always hold his guns and just be like he didn't do it and he would that would often lead to him turning down the parole and he was gonna go through his entire like sentence in jail because he didn't want to just conform to it like none of the boys wanted to conform to committing that crime and the story ended with all of them holding hands and just raising their hands up after they were all free and exonerated from the weight of the crime that they didn't commit. And it was just, it was a really, really good story. It was a really good and heart-wrenching story. And I honestly recommend that to anybody. Like, it was a really good watch. But yeah, y'all, that was the Lunchtime Foolery Podcast with your boy Raheem. Just wanted to give a quick synopsis, I guess, on a very interesting story. 
and highly suggest that a lot of people watch this just to gain some knowledge of the unfairness that happened back then because of, I guess, their racial class and how, you know, that just impacted their lives. And I'm happy for them because I think in 2017, they were given uh, $41 million from the state of New York uh, because of they were were wrongfully accused for the crime and did the time for it. And uh, yeah, so that was the Lunchtime Foolery Podcast, y'all. Peace.